0: Satilcast, episode 505, Chad McFarlane, yeah.
1: And this week, guys, we talk Marvel's Spider-Man, PC Building Simulator, Warhammer 40K Chaos Gate, and PAX News. Stay tuned. No dude bros here. Big shoulders.
0: Ah. And we're back. Yeah. Um, it's cast we're an rated show, I'm Nas. I'm Jason. And the two of us are going to get some amount of time's worth of bullshit. Bullshit. Some games, some news. Uh, Rusty's out visiting his family and will be for the next couple of episodes, so it'll just be me and Jason. Yep. But, uh, as promised, we're going to talk a little bit about some PAX news here in a little bit. Uh, before we get started with that, have you been up to anything interesting, Jason?
1: Uh, interesting, we, we could say, uh, a lot of family stuff. I won't get into all the, into all the details, but, um, basically, uh, the wife's and I's week was thrown into chaos, um, by her mom having a heart attack Tuesday morning. Oh, um, man. So, uh just been a, it's been a fly by the seat of my fucking pants week. I feel you. <laughs>
0: and uh
1: yeah, a whole lot of time with you and you and five kids and well, and my three kids and Great. then Friday got compounded by we had already made plans to uh uh watch three other kids that are friends with my kids from school. Um while uh um, their parents had a, uh, um, yeah,
0: date night or something.
1: Yeah. Um, I won't say names cause, cause I know where they work, but, uh, basically, uh, she works for, for a government office here in town. So they, uh, had some sort of uh charity event or something like that, that uh, they had to be, be at Friday night. So we kept their kids Friday night. Uh, ended up being just me and five kids instead of (laughs) Crystal, our oldest, myself, and and the five elementary school kids. So that was interesting.
2: I bet you had oodles of fun. Oodles and oodles. Oodles and oodles.
1: Basically, it was me spending a few minutes, chunks worth of time back on my PC as often as possible (laughs) while still getting up every few minutes to go check and make sure kids weren't, weren't into anything or causing any kind of trouble. Surprisingly, they all stuck to, uh, to, to devices and, uh, watching a mixture of Netflix and YouTube and did, Didn't get into too much, so. I guess you got off
0: really, really lucky.
1: I got off really easy that everybody was, uh, well, I mean, my two, they already knew there was a lot going on this week, um, and then they were, uh, the other three were kind of pre-prepped by their mom that there's been a lot going on and let's just have a, uh, uh chill, easy night, and not cause too much trouble. So,
2: Yeah, that's not and too bad.
1: They actually, uh, contrary to what elementary age kids normally do, they actually listened for once and just stayed chill. You must have had your dad face on. Oh, I did. In fact, they were so good that I felt bad for getting onto my two... At bedtime, because I want to cause issues at bedtime with going to bed.
0: Yeah, yours uh seem to want to continue to get up and continue to get up.
1: They do, um, but my youngest also has uh has sensory issues, so there's a lot of uh a uh, uh, lot of issue with getting him stop what he's doing long enough to actually. Just lay down, because once he lays down, he knocks out in minutes. It's just getting him to that point. Most of the time,
2: I mean, you could just do drugs.
1: I mean, we actually—just <laughs> <I'm> kidding. <laughs> we we actually give the guy melatonin, like ten milligrams of it. So, but that. All, the that way his, like,
0: all that does is make your brain say, this is yeah. the time I should normally go to bed.
1: The way his uh, body chemistry works, the melatonin doesn't actually slow him down prior to bed. All it means is that once he actually... Once you actually get him to lay down, the process of him actually falling asleep is faster. Um, but but his body chemistry
2: is... Uh, um
1: we we'll, we'll say uh, uh unique enough that it doesn't actually slow him down. You still have to
2: physically do that. You so. can always turn him
1: into a track star and just have him run <laughs> laps. yeah, yeah, the problem isn't him being physically tired. It's... He is, um... Brain doesn't shut off. Yeah, his brain just doesn't disengage. Especially if he was doing something right before bed. Like, uh... Um... Of course, since Friends were over, you know, they were hopping back and forth between Netflix, YouTube, and, like, playing Minecraft. Well, they happened to be playing Minecraft when I told them all it was time for bed. And his brain refuses to shut down after that. So yeah, it it can be fun. Um, dealing with a very needy dog. And then I'm dealing with a very needy dog who has, uh, not seen you in two weeks, not seen me in two weeks and already mounted me four times this evening. (laughs) Lola. Uh, and the, she wants the doggy mount to continue. Hang on, I'm going to give her one more.
0: Yeah, to the uninitiated, my my little dog is a uh, 45-pound Spaniel Staffordshire uh, pit bull mix. And she, when she's very excited, will jump up in your lap, put her paws on your shoulders and lick the top of your head or your face or your ears or whatever. And we call it mounting, but she... Gets very excited to do it, and extremely excited to uh, lick people's faces that she likes a lot. She happens to like Rusty and Jason quite a bit.
1: We're her next favorite people after you. But yeah, she likes to just stand on top of you like you're a plank. And lick your face and head as though it were a piece of meat.
0: But I say,
1: for me, personally,
0: this week, all I did is work my ass off, so, and play a little bit of video games, so nothing that crazy exciting, got my hair cut, I mean,
1: yeah, all really that,
0: exciting things.
1: That was probably the most uh, interesting navigation of the week was, you know, obviously, um, I still have to, I still have to work, so the day it happened, I ended up working from home, which is highly unusual, but, um, but then the rest of the week, it was like me getting kids up and getting them up earlier than normal so that I can have them ready so that when crystal shows up from the hospital, I can jet out the door and she can take them to school as soon as the doors open. So she can get back up to the hospital. Um, and then her picking them up from school and basically just waiting for me to get home so she can again jet right to the hospital. Um so basically almost uh uh almost single dadding it all week.
0: <laughs> yeah, not a good week for this either, being a Mother's Day week, so
1: Right? Yeah, and that, that's gonna make tomorrow interesting. Um. Oh, because we didn't date it. Today is May seventh. Yeah, twenty twenty two. So day before Mother's Day. Yeah, recording um,
0: about an hour plus earlier than we normally do. Yes, because it is
1: me and Jason. It, I mean, I would have been here earlier had I not forgot my wallet at home and had turned around. Yeah, it's all good.
0: Yeah, the only thing I'm doing tomorrow is making burrito tacos. Um, well, I guess quesadilla. So
1: nice. Um, of course your mom will love that because she digs that stuff. Oh yeah, it's a uh, it's her recipe, but I modified it a little bit to make the sauce thicker. I like the
0: I like the consommé a little bit more thick than what is traditional. To be
1: honest with you, Because I like it to stick to my fucking taco. So I I actually dig that. I don't like I don't like picking up a taco or a burrito and having like everything just oozing out of it or dripping off of it. I don't think I've ever made these for you, so here's essentially what it is:
0: it's a uh, red sauce made out of red chilies, right? But made in beef stock instead of
1: chicken stock, uh, which I'm actually makes it a little bit thicker.
0: And then it's um, chuck roast. I'm supposed to use beef rib too, but beef rib is really expensive right now. Yeah. So that would add about twenty five dollars to the cost of that, which but the chuck I roast mean- is already twenty five bucks.
1: To be honest, after seasoning and everything, if you're doing it right, you can't tell the difference between that and the beef rib anyway.
0: Yeah, so what you do is you take, you know, you make your, this is oversimplifying it, but essentially you make a red sauce with beef stock in the, you're making a stew basically, right? Yep. So, birdie is just stew with red sauce basically um, with beef. And then you get it tender like you would in a crock pot, right? But I'm going to make it on a stove. And then you take those ingredients, and you take the sauce that it's been cooking in, and you put that in a little cup, and then you make, queso, basically queso tacos, right? So a quesadillas basically, but you throw that roast in there with some onions and cilantro, um, in and a, then you're you dipping melt, it in the, the sauce. Couldn't find Oaxaca, so I just got basic white cheese. Um, but you melt that in, you know, your corn tortilla. And then you just flip it, right? You start off kind of like a tostada, and then you flip it, turn it into a taco, and then you put on the side that's on the pan. You put butter and that red sauce, and you flip it, so it's crispy, but it's got some of that red sauce already on it. And then you dip that in the red sauce, and it takes me about five hours to make it.
1: So, what white cheese did you get?
0: It was just generic Mexican white cheese. Oh, okay, I was going the to stuff say... that comes in the big circles. I can't remember what it's called
1: um queso cheese granted you have a whole lot more experience cooking uh mexican food than i do um but um i learned to cook with oaxaca or or genuine queso right
0: yeah um yeah so it's crazy because
1: you use oaxaca
0: in so much but obviously you can't find it like walmart and then the two supermercados that are by here i couldn't find it at either so i just said screw it Yeah, got the big round
1: white Mexican queso, so. Right. But then when my family moved to southern Arkansas when I was in high school, uh, you definitely can't find it in any any grocery store down around there.
0: No, that's too country for that. Um,
1: So what I learned was a decent uh, replacement for Oaxaca. Munster. Eh, You might get away with that. It it depends what, on it depends on how everything else is seasoned.
0: Well it's a um, that's a really that's a much stronger cheese. It
1: is a much stronger cheese, but like when you're uh so like for so it doesn't work for like uh um for like making a sauce out of or anything. But using it in uh in um uh, uh quesadillas or in a grilled burrito that you eat up, etc works just fine. I mean, I might
0: try it. It's a little bit blasphemous, but I might try it. Using, I, using a German I, cheese in Mexican I, I, food. I but. think
1: you'd be surprised. I used to make quesadillas with it all the time.
0: All yeah. The time. So that's, that's my big project for tomorrow, but in its stead, I think, so this week is going to be a little bit light on actual games, and we're going to transition to news kind of early because it's a lot of indie stuff from PAX that we just wanted to touch on. But the uh, games that came out, so there's some stuff that came out on Game Pass that I didn't really get a chance to try that much of, so I ended up getting Warhammer 40k Chaos Gate Demon Hunters. It's a mouthful. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is, um, it's another turn-based game. It's kind of like... So, this is one of the good Warhammer games. If you look on Steam right now, it shows a mixed rating. I skimmed the reviews for the mixed rating, which were doesn't have widescreen support. It pauses when you alt-tab. Performance is a little bit rough. And I don't notice it that much because I'm running it on a beast of a card, so maybe it is rougher on other cards. And maybe that's part of what's causing some of the reviews. But the game itself plays out kind of like an XCOM, and kind of like Mechanicus, which was another kind of XCOM-style Warhammer game that came out, but this is better than Mechanicus. So if you like Mechanicus, I think you'll like this. This has a lot more customization options, and it's got a little bit more money behind it, so yeah. um, I think some people probably don't like the art style. The art style's a little bit different. It has kind of a... almost cell shaded look to it.
2: Yeah. A little bit. Very colorful. It's not,
1: um, I wouldn't say it's too heavy on that, but there's definitely some of that um, mostly used to really highlight the different armor pieces.
0: Yeah, but like even in the UI and the art design and everything, it has a very Starcraft meets Warhammer feel to it when it comes to the art design. Yeah. So it's kind of got those uh Todd I almost said Chad McFarland. The <laughs> Todd McFarland shoulders um to the stuff more so, even more accentuated than the regular Warhammer
2: stuff. Um it, the heads are definitely a little
1: um maybe small versus the armor when you're just when you're looking at it uh, like in the uh, in the customization screens, especially without a helmet.
0: Yeah, you can um, you can customize quite a bit. So you're, you've you got your helmet, which matches what of the armor you've got, but then you can take the helmet off and you've got about, say, around 20 different options for the head, the chest, each arm, and each leg. um, Which is quite a bit for mixing and matching your character to be however you want it to be. And they have different Pieces of customization for the different armor types that you get, which is kind of cool. As you get new, unlock new weapons or variants of the weapons with different stats, they also look different. So there's a lot of like little nuance and detail to a lot of that stuff. Which, if you're like me, I really like customizing characters. You cannot customize the last names. That's because the last names are written out on the armor. But you can customize the first names. And they when it comes up the last names are spoken in different pieces of spoken dialogue throughout the game which is weird um so that's that part's a little bit odd um but in a good way the uh so the way that it plays out is it i think XCOM's the easiest comparison but it in some ways it's deeper than XCOM so I'll explain with XCOM um you know you can move all your characters independently and then you get to a point where you see the enemy and the enemy sees you and then action starts and whatever action points you had left over from while you're moving your characters is what you have with XCOM with this it wipes the slate clean and everybody starts off with their full hit points and your character stops wherever he saw the enemy so as soon as the quick cut scene happens that shows that you discovered the enemy and they discovered you then everything stops on your character, and you know, and they'll get into some kind of position. And the idea is, is for you to see them first. If they see you first while they're on patrol, then they get the first turn. If you see them first, you get the first turn. So kind of like what I was showing you, I knew that they were behind a door. Yeah, I got everybody up around the door, and then I busted through the door with my last action point with that character. And that refreshed the action points for all of my characters and gave me the first turn so I could start going to town. Um, but, yeah, it has eight different classes, and I'm not going to dig into the minutia too much, but essentially think of it like you have a range DPS, range support, basic support, tank, um, and then melee DPS. And the melee DPS is really freaking strong. Um,
1: yeah, that I did notice.
0: Yeah, you're, the class is called Interceptor, and they have an ability which lets him teleport three enemies. And you can wipe out the really low-health enemies really fast with him. Um, so I use him kind of like AoE. Yeah, that was uh, ridiculous. <laughs> it's kind of a broke. I would say broken in a good way because... Well, I'll explain further. I'm not going to be able to bring him to every single fight because he's now wounded. So, you get wounded to a certain point point, you have minus 6 HP. And when you start off with only 10 HP, when you first start, that's a pretty significant blow. Like, if I took him into battle right now, he would die. Yeah. You have these tokens for permadeath, basically. So, if your character falls twice in combat, um, he's dead. If he falls once, in three turns, he comes back with 50% health. But if he falls twice, then that takes away one of his resilience tokens, and then after you've done that three times, that character is completely KOA, or KIA. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, that character will be gone forever, and all the time that you invested in them is gone. However, it takes several days, in-game days, for a character to come back, so my characters, that character I was using, is gone for 46 days. So that's probably two missions that he's out for the count. Now, more than likely, I'll have to use him before he's fully healed, and he'll get to a certain point where he only has he's only missing three hit points, and I'll probably use him again, and it'll probably set the timer back. So it's hard to get your guys all the way to full health, so you kind of have to try to have a good strategy of how you're going to rotate your characters around, uh, which means you need a pretty big roster. Um, I don't always go in fresh. I, the mission I was showing you, I went in with two characters that were lightly wounded and then two characters that were fresh. Um, you get experience from killing enemies and from completing objectives, and that experience translates to your characters. And then they have, each character class has a skill tree that has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different subclasses to it. So you usually specialize in a couple of them, if not more, as you go along and the longer they live. Um, so that ends up, giving you a lot of different options. Throughout the game you're also upgrading rooms, kinda like you did in XCOM. So you're upgrading components in your ship to give you different advantages. There are random events in the map as you travel that require your ship to do battle. Or they're like scripted like choose your own adventure type events, basically too. And so the stats that your ship has also play a part in that as as well as like how fast you go or how long it takes your characters to heal or how many of a certain resource that you need in order to create new parts for your ship, so kind of like Battletech, you know you have, you build different parts of your ship, yep, um, you're doing the same thing here um if you like Battletech, I could see people liking this. There's a lot of similarities there when it comes to that meta that Battletech had, and this completely different story, completely different setting, still got chunky bros you know, running around in armor, kinda like little mechs. Um, but yeah, it's I think Battletech's another good comparison. Um, your Overwatch does leave you exposed and it doesn't want you to overuse Overwatch. Now if you've got a choke point and you know enemies are gonna go that direction, it's probably worth it to throw a couple of guys in Overwatch. Um Overwatch will use one action point per shot. So if you have three action points when you throw them in Overwatch, that means you're gonna get two shots. If you only have one Ammo, you're only going to shoot once, and then you're going to be out of ammo. It does use your ammo. There's not a finite supply of ammo. You just have to reload. Um, But different guns, based on their stats, have different sized magazines. And then different items that you get as rewards for the missions also have different stats and magazines and effects and things like that, even different abilities. So your abilities come from your character tree and from the weapons and armor that you get. So that's where I'm getting all those different abilities. So that warp ability is an interceptor ability, but I have a gun that shoots basically a grenade that uses my power points, which is your currency for your specials, um, to do damage. There's also this thing called a warp meter. So as I use warp energy to do my specials, um, that charges up to 100 eventually to 100%, depending on how many abilities I use or the enemy uses. And that usually causes some kind of negative effect on the map. It could be reinforcements. It could be these huge areas of fire on the map. It could be it throws down a big old poison cloud. It could be that all the. It could cause mutations in the enemies and now they have like additional abilities or armor, etc. And then they'll physically mutate when they get one of those abilities. Um. It encourages you to be very aggressive, which is different than XCOM, because so many of the classes have good melee abilities. It wants you to jump in and take something down. Some of the weapon abilities let you get auto-attacks when things move or try to attack you. So it's usually a good idea to have a couple of melee specialists jumping into the fray while you're supporting with your ranged characters. But so far, um, I've liked it a lot. I thought the first hour, is fairly heavily tutorialized, but there's still a lot that it doesn't tell you. Um, So I ended up watching a couple of videos to understand more about the game, and then I restarted it about after two hours into my campaign because I was sucking so bad um, to find out some things that I missed. Um, But, yeah, there's even other things that are kind of cool, like there's the exploding barrels like you have in any one of these games that you can fire on and it blows up, but you could find a column that's like a a pillar, right? That's standing straight up. So think of like in a Coliseum or something, right? And if I have a melee person, a person within melee range, I can then strike that pillar and then choose where the pillar is going to land, which then will take out an enemy or knock all the army off another enemy or land on a exploding barrel and then explode that too. Or I could drop a whole crane on them. Like there's all sorts of like environmental effects that are just littered around the landscape to give you extra tools to dispatch your enemy. And it's... The other thing it has up on XCOM is just being able to spend one action point per character as you go and just tab around until you figure out exactly what you want to do and how you want to set up your trap. Um, And I can't remember for sure if XCOM 2 had that or if that was a long war add-on, but... That was a long war add-on. I don't remember it specifically being in the base game. Yeah, and you can get over kill on your action points. You can't reserve action points like you can on a lot of these games that, I guess, that are an XCOM-like, right? But, um... Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, There's two really good turn-based games out right now. That King Arthur game, which is also pretty fucking hard. Um, I'm playing it on hard, that might be too hard for some people. And then on this Demon Hunter game, right? This, or Chaos Gate, this is... Hard enough right now on normal. I've heard that even other people playing this said that the hard on this was pretty fucking hard. So, depending on your level of patience and your level of strategy, I would maybe hold off on that until you do another campaign. But I can see it being replayable like XCOM in that the missions are varied enough that you're doing different things on different missions. Uh, it's got a whole research tree. It's got a whole. It's got a whole lot of cutscenes. But the cutscenes aren't on the same level as the King Arthur game. The King Arthur game has very high level cutscenes, uh, or high quality cutscenes, so to speak.
2: So I can show that to you on break. But, like, overall, um, this has been a pretty fun experience, and I've only been playing it for about a day and a half.
1: So. Nice. I don't know. Have you been up to anything new? Uh, Not really with everything uh, Going on this week I didn't really play a whole lot Um, The one thing I did do um, Oh yeah And this sounds like a Trust me I know this sounds Like an atrocity but it was kind of A shut my Kind of shut my brain Off and just do something kind of thing Um Pete p c building simulator went on sale on Steam this week I mean so, each their own, so I bought that it's actually kind of uh uh again kind of fun, but it's also just one of, it it's it's close enough to uh to real experience that you're not sitting there playing it going that's not how this works uh but also just, uh, uh, cathartic enough to, um, uh, to settle me in. Uh, the basic premise of it is your, uh, your uncle has a local computer repair shop. He goes and, and fucks off and leaves the, leaves the shop to you, um, and you've got to basically kind of uh, bring it out of the hole, let's say, because apparently he had a reputation for uh, forgetting thermal paste and using used parts. <laughs> um, uh, so you're literally just taking on orders to upgrade or fix PCs and... Um, and just fulfilling those orders and it's a whole management sim. So you're having to order parts. and
0: So you're and, like a store manager.
1: Yeah. And deciding whether or not you're, uh, going to order, order it for two day delivery or next day or whatever. Um, and trying to prioritize all your orders like that. Um, so it was just, it, it was something I really didn't have to think about, but uh, different enough from uh, from everything currently in my catalog that I just was not having an easy time getting into with everything else going on. Um, and it's... Uh, um, uh, it can be... You can crank up the graphics and it can be be a pretty demanding game graphically but at the same time uh, you can also just turn them down and like it streams really well so you know there there were a couple times I was streaming it to my surface and just carrying my surface around the around the house while I was trying to do stuff like cook dinner and whatnot and
0: I can see
2: that's something that you could probably pause pretty easy that too that too um but Oh, no, I don't know, I did not really feel like uh um, shooting things or uh um
1: uh or uh playing a four because I got XCOM two free from Epic Game Store that I thought about downloading there for a second. Um uh, stuff like that, so it was just something, just cathartic. I could sit there and and just do while listening to a podcast or or listening for whether or not my children were getting in something they weren't supposed to. Um, played a little bit more of uh, of Spider Man. I still really, really, really dig that game. Um, I think it. Anybody with a PlayStation 4 or PS5 that hasn't played that game yet just because it is a m- Marvel superhero game, um, Let the don't let the stigma keep you from playing that one. I mean, it's several years old now, but it's still a very solid game, and it looks really good.
2: Yeah, I had a lot of fun with it when I played it. So... So that's really all I all I got up
1: to. Most of it was was the PC simulator just cuz, you know, I'd have 10 or 15 minutes at a time to sit down and um and just let my brain not think. Um and uh uh, man's definitely not that because you can totally get sucked into just running mission after mission after mission and trying to progress the progress the game or or unlock certain upgrades and i just can't get sucked in like that so
2: so that was pretty much it
0: uh did you play anything else no just more of that king arthur game but
2: so far that's been good um I just haven't. It's a really long game, so I ended up playing.
0: I didn't have the time that I wanted to play, so I will talk about that probably more next week, but I think what I want to do, because I wanted to give us a little bit more time to go over the pack stuff, was to take a break and then just go ahead
2: and start talking about the uh, pack stuff on the last section,
1: basically. All right, sounds good. We'll be back.
2: Back. Woo-hoo!
0: Woohoo. is a lot of indies that came out with PAX East. Not necessarily a lot of AAA stuff, so that was one of the reasons that we decided that we were going to wait and kind of really find stuff that seemed like it was the most interesting to us. Um, I do want to kind of kick it off and I think the way that we're approaching this because there's if you've never been to PAX there's usually some pretty big releases and then there's a whole bunch of like there's an indie area in the middle at least at PAX East and so there was usually like 300 indie games that you went through and then like about 20 or 30 big titles and I don't think they had a lot of the with it being the first year after COVID that they tried to do this um The attendance wasn't real high, and then the people they got were mostly indie vendors. Yep. The one of the bigger ones being Flying Wild Hog, which also is kind of like a double A studio. And Devolver. And Devolver, which is you know probably one of the biggest of the indies, but still very much indie uh, for publishers. Um, Though the quality for Devolver is usually pretty
1: fucking high, honestly. Like you get some unique stuff. Oh um, yeah, I mean most of their most of their stuff if nobody likes it it's generally mostly because of the uh the premise of the game not necessarily the uh quality or the game mechanic.
0: Yeah, there's a one that I didn't actually mention to you that I just discovered. So like we had to search all over to find news. But there's a uh if you played a uh, Slay the Spire. Um, there's another game in that vein called Power Chord that's coming out. and Apparently there's a demo on Steam. So you build a deck and you have a cast of characters that are rock stars, I guess, that battle other rock stars with their instruments. It looks very, like, 80s rock slash robots. I don't know. Art style is kind of unique. Looks kind of cool. Um, don't know too much about it yet, other than it's a deck builder, and I do like that, but yeah, you've got, uh, for instance, class types, um, attack guitarists, support singers, defensive drummers, and destructive <laughs> Um There's a demo on Steam. If you're interested, even a little bit, um, give it a try, but it's called Power Chord. Um, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of go back and forth.
1: Um, Jason, name one of the games that you found interesting. So one of the ones I found the most interesting is a game called uh, Lucid. It's... um, Let's see. Where is the... I lost the developer. Um, But it is a... uh, it is definitely a vania like game, uh that kind of has an a uh, hyperlight drifter adjacent uh style to it.
0: I can see I would that. say.
1: Um Definitely looks uh uh definitely looks fun from the from the trailer and the uh gameplay videos so far. Um uh definitely looks as though it's uh it's fairly fast paced but it also has a uh looks like it's got a good variety of uh of abilities moving through it. So I I will be interested to see more uh come out about that and that's definitely one I'll be watching cuz Metroidvanias or and Castlevania like games are definitely ones I like to watch. Let's say
0: one I just discovered um is called I say just discovered like as when we're talking about this and watching the trailer for it. It's called Hostile Mars. And so Rusty really likes these factory games. Um you create a factory and then you create a base and you create a death trap like tower defense. And you automate things and then you essentially gather resources from the enemies you destroy um, to create your defenses. And it looks like there's literally thousands of enemies on screen, and it looks like it's in an UE Unreal 5, maybe? It's a pretty good-looking game, honestly. Um, But yeah, it's called Hostile Mars. It's made by Big Rook Games. It comes out this summer. But it looks like it's a tower defense game mixed with a factory game, mixed with a base-building game, mixed with a... Pick and shovel game, as Rusty would call it, with customizable defenses, etc. But yeah, it looks like the uh, big pitch here is to, uh, you know, essentially like orcs must die kind of, right? Like you're creating walls and a maze for the enemy to go through that's filled full of traps and weapons, etc. And then your character can also fire and battle along with your traps and weapons. And it just, it looks pretty insane. It looks like a uh computer crasher, but looks
1: pretty cool. It definitely does. Um another one that kind of uh uh caught my interest there from a uh from a style standpoint was uh shoulders of giants. Um Oh, well, that was that roguelike you were showing me, right? Yeah. It's a it's a three D um uh definitely rpg uh roguelike um being developed by moving pieces interactive um basically the video caught my eye because it is a frog with a laser pistol sitting on top of a uh kind of a, uh uh flat plated mecha uh with a with a giant freaking sword um going around just cutting shit up and shooting it um vid- plenty of videos out there about it um it is a it is a roguelike um but y- it is also multiplayer so you can actually uh uh team up with people to um to have a uh uh two player or four player co-op through it uh, which I think it, uh, if they do it right could be a really interesting add uh to the genre so uh, it definitely looked good from an art style standpoint um the gameplay tra- trailer looked good but then again a lot of gameplay tra- trailers do um so it'd be interesting to see uh see how that ends up shaking out when it releases
0: yeah, um, there is another game that's a smaller studio that's coming out on Xbox and PS Five and Four called Dolmen, and uh, I think Jason hit the nail on the head. It, it it's kind of like Warframe Souls.
1: Yes. Um. Yeah, very much got that vibes vibe from it.
0: Yeah, it's coming out from Massive Work Studio under Prime Matter, which I'm not real familiar with that studio. But it's... Uh, essentially, it's... Kind of got like a Dark Souls boss vibe thing, but you've got guns and you've got melee weapons, and it's set in a weird sci-fi setting. Um, and that's about all I can tell you about it, and it also comes out really soon. So... Um, I want to say it's at the end of this month that it comes out. Um, but anywho,
1: um, what else did you have, Jason? Uh, well, uh, we saw one that would be, uh, right up grandpa Earl's alley that, uh, I mean, it could be a little, uh, little fun art RPG, um, called, uh, let's see, what was that again? Wrestle something. Good, good job. I know, right? Uh my my brain's halfway working here. Um and I'm bouncing between all these articles, okay. so I'm losing my place. quest Okay. There we go. Um and basic premise is you're your guy looking to be the next macho man, Randy Savage. Um uh, kind of uh look like look like it had a similar art style to like uh, uh uh I wanna say space station thirteen to be honest. Looked really heavily like that as far as like the way the maps were laid I don't, out. I don't follow. You don't know what play- space station thirteen is? Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh. wow! Well, maybe going to somebody, learn else a listen, bit. somebody else is listening, somebody um,
0: else is listening are talking about. But also,
1: you know, a little bit like uh gravekeeper, etc. Okay, uh, uh, yeah, plenty yeah, of games your, like that.
0: Yeah, it has that uh that very uh I don't know if there's a certain engine that a lot of people are using to make those types of pixel art games, but there are some that have some similar looking characters. Yeah, the uh, the big heads. Um, There is one that looked a little bit more unique than I was used to that I'm really interested in called Domekeeper. And Domekeeper is it looks like you're on a planet in a little like biodome and your character is digging down kind of like Terraria and it's in like a highly stylized eight bit style. And he's digging down and gathering resources to protect him against waves of enemies at the dome. And then you're upgrading and setting up weapons outside to protect yourself from said enemies. But it kind of has like a weird Terraria meets tower, kind of like tower defense vibe going for it. But yeah, it was called Keeper, And I think it comes out soon-ish. I want to say it comes out. It comes out this year at least. I can't tell you exactly when it comes out. Um in fact, if I can find the studio. Roth Curry is the studio, so they make a lot of the uh, Pixel art games. But uh looks really really neat, honestly. I'm one hundred percent all in for that. Um,
1: what was one of the other ones that you had? Uh of course I think everyone um uh, uh this at some place in their ar- their articles or not. Um Teenage Mutant, Ninja Turtle, Shredder's Revenge. That was a beat-em-up, right? It is a side-scrolling brawler, very, 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 very similar to the old uh, you know, like, like Super the- Nintendo arcade. The one you could beat in like titles. two hours. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um I mean it's it, if you love the old arcade game, this is exactly uh this would be exactly up up your alley. It's just it's just that it's a side scrolling brawler that, you know, is gonna be a whole lot of button mashing and <laughs> and d-padding. Um it is works it, from the videos to fulfill all those expectations. What's it coming out on? Uh it is definitely coming out on Steam. And And I think...
0: I should mention everything I've mentioned is coming
2: out on Steam.
1: Right. Um, I do believe it's coming to Xbox, but I don't want to swear to that because I lost the article that actually said what it was coming out on. Uh, Prime Matter wasn't... Windows... Oh, sorry. Not Xbox. Switch. So it's coming out for Windows and and on the Switch. Okay. Which, actually, it would make a perfect Switch game, because you could totally <laughs> play that very easily on a Switch.
0: So there's uh, another game that I saw that I'm fairly interested in, maybe not as much as the other ones, but it's, just, it's made by a Czech studio called The Last Arikru. It's Arikru. Uh, it kind of reminded me of Dragon Age 2. It's it's an action RPG that's heavily focused on the choices that you make. It looks like it's run on a little bit older engine. Um it has this weird kind of sci-fi setting getting you into like a medieval setting. Um kinda like Elix, but Elix isn't very good. Um but essentially it's yeah, like an action RPG, hack and slash, slash magic game but really focused on the narration and the choices that you make in the story at least according to it. Um so far I've just seen that it's going to be on Steam and it's so indie that the website is made in WordPress. But um look it up O R I C R U. <laughs> Have to spell that out because uh that's definitely not a word I'm used to.
1: Right? Um uh, another one i spotted that i thought um not necessarily fully up my alley but i definitely saw was uh 100% up yours uh it is a this game's being uh, developed by massive monster and published by devolver uh called Cult of the Lamb
0: it looked so
1: art style
0: it looks like a like a hand drawn, like the hand drawn cutscenes from Binding of Isaac. Yep. Um, with very much kind of the same theme, but different type of game. It kind of looked like a top down mm-hmm. RPG with some kind of base building mechanic where and everybody's
1: worshiping you. Yep. And a lot of the environments look to be, uh, hand-drawn and a lot of similar styles to both uh, elements of Binding of Isaac, but also uh, Don't
0: Starve. I was about to say Don't Starve. So me and you are in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. It looks, the art style is like a combination of Isaac and Don't Starve, and the actual gameplay is more, the, 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 the way it presents itself, at least on the base
1: building part, looks very Don't Starve. Yeah, and uh, but then it also has the bullet hell, like, combat elements from Binding of Isaac in in certain rooms and areas. I don't know um, what else to th- think about
0: it. I didn't really get a release date. I know it's, for sure it's on Steam, but did you catch any of the other platforms um, it's releasing on? Shoot, it just says planned we
1: release didn't. 2022. Uh,
0: that's on both of us. I wasn't looking at all the... Um, I know everything that we've looked at so far is going to be on a PC platform, yeah. except mo- for Dolman.
1: Most of these are on PC and on Switch, because that seems to be where a lot of the yep. indie stuff is going.
0: Switch has been doing pretty um, good with
1: the indies lately. Well, I think they just realized they need more on their platform, plus the the uh, a lot of the engines that a lot of these indie games get... Um, get developed in aren't all too demanding and very easy for Ninten- Nintendo to handle on the Switch, but also in the store, because I doubt any of these are super big. Yeah. Um.
0: Well, while you're looking up that, one of the ones that I saw that I showed you that looked cool as shit was called Moonscars. And Moonscars kind of looks like Very highly stylized 8-bit, more pixels than you could get in 8-bit, but just less colors is what I'm getting at, and less detail, Um, even though there's more pixels. I don't know how that works. Um, Anyways, it's just very pixelated looking, but also done extremely well. Um, And it has a look to it like, um, or a gameplay feel of like a 2D Metroidvania Souls-like game, kind of like Salt and Sanctuary. Um, and it looks cool. Like the weapon hits look cool. The art style for the enemies looks cool. It looks, uh, it looks metal as hell. Moonscars is definitely one of the top ones I'm looking
1: forward to, and it comes out this year. Right. Um, Cult of the Lamb being a Devolver published game, it's coming out on everything. Perfect. Um, another one, uh, uh, that, uh, that really piqued your interest. That I dig the art style for. I don't know that um, I'll do this until it's on sale or something. Uh, is Signalis? Oh, um, that one did look really neat. They had a. It felt like original Resident Evil plus Metal Gear. Yep, uh, being developed by a company called Rose Engine. It definitely had a. You know, like you take parts of the original Resident evil, you take parts of metal gear, solid, um, throw them together. Of course, a lot of the art is, you know, definitely cleaned up. You're not going to have a lot of the same, uh, 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 voxel pixel based, uh, uh, animation in there. The arts a little bit, almost looks a little bit more hand drawn in a lot of it. Yeah, for sure. um, like hand-drawn, uh, but then converted to pixel art. But definitely looks like it has a lot of the uh, uh, horror vibes. Not only of Resident Evil, but I thought almost looked a little Bioshocky. Yeah, I could get Bioshock from that. Um, definitely a, uh, um, uh, definitely an interesting looking game, um, lot of uh it's a little bit of a throwback uh you're gonna see a lot of uh you know like crt style jagged edges on things and um a lot of low light situations um it definitely uh i think piqued both of our interests
0: yeah the uh there's going to be things that we miss. In fact, I'm discovering new things and holding off. Um, one of the other ones that I saw that I really was interested in is called Dwerve. So this one's on going to be on Steam and releases at the end of the month. And it's a tower defense dungeon crawler action adventure. And to me, it kind of looked like a little bit bullet hell, a little bit Stardew Valley, a little bit action adventure, and a whole lot of like really well done pixel art. Um, But essentially it's like kind of an action RPG where you're gathering some kind of resources and doing something in the middle of the game to get your stuff ready for tower defense later in the game. But it looks really well done. Um, That doesn't do it justice. I think if you just look it up, D-W-E-R-V-E is what it looks like. And it has like boss fights and all sorts of stuff. It's like a whole amalgamation of a whole lot of different things. But Dwarve looks really interesting, and it's hard to find... Um, it's hard to find a lot of new nowadays with the way things are. Um, With, you know, there's literally hundreds of thousands of games at this point, right? So there's just... It's hard to find something new. Um, I have one I'm saving for last. Did you have anything else?
1: Uh, the only other thing I had, um, and this was a... This was a game we didn't see in any of the articles, but I think a lot of the um uh a lot of the um a lot of the news coverage around PAX really settled on games that didn't look like um that didn't look like anything you would expect from a triple A publisher. Um so there was a there was a game at PAX that is that is being indie developed called uh world war one Asanzo. um it is a it is a standard uh, first person shooter but what will make this one unique at least from from what i'm seeing of it um of course you know period correct weapons and everything but it takes place in italy and it takes place in the mountains um so there is a lot of uh Uh, verticality to the game um the atmosphere looks correct the there's still a lot going into it it doesn't look like a modern FPS that's for sure um uh, definitely out the gate like a lot of the uh, um uh the models uh, definitely look a little bit more um uh should i say uh early uh late xbox early xbox 360 you know level like uh uh call of duty big red one you know um so it's not overly uh uh overly pretty from the models but just the environments and the fact that it's a uh, um, more uh, rural type, um, as far as the the setting goes, uh, sets it apart from from your standard first person shooters. I won't be picking it up, but for for those of you that are um, that are still diehard FPS, it, it's definitely one to look at and check out.
0: Well, there. Is one, and there's some that I'm gonna there is one I'm gonna go before the bigger one um one other pixel art game that's supposed to be coming out later this year is called no place for bravery um it looks like a single player adventure game um that kind of has Zelda vibes like old Zelda like
1: like uh, um, we're talking like, um, a link to the past, like, yeah, but just with a character that looks grown up.
0: Okay. But kind of top down like Zelda, but blood. <laughs> and kind of like gives off a little bit of samurai vibes with boss fights and stuff like that. But, um, No Place for Bravery really does look pretty cool if you're looking for an action adventure RPG type game. Um, It just just looks neat. It's got a really... uh, It doesn't look like all the other pixel art games. It just looks like they used that style to achieve their goal. But uh, the one that I really, really wanted to talk about that we have talked a little bit about is called Evil West. Done by Flying Wild Hog. Yes. And that looks like Doom meets a third-person Gears of War game slash bullet storm
1: <laughs> yes
0: um yeah you're killing tons
1: of demons in a weird i i actually Western.
2: was.
1: i was actually thinking gears of war plus doom equals this game <laughs> uh it the combat definitely looks insane and it is a um Again, for not really being a title from a huge studio, it looks freaking pretty. It's the only thing that we saw out of everything that
0: looked AAA. That's, and it's Flying Wild Hog, which is like not quite AAA. I mean, it's not a bungee or something like that. They're kind of like an up and comer, but it looks really good. Um, like, Like really good. And it's gory
1: and bloody and super violent and uh right up my alley. Um I mean, like it the game looks like it takes like your your standard fair, um like classic cowboy weaponry, but adds a Like bloodborne to it or something. Um but adds like a a sci fi uh twist on them and then yeah, the combat definitely looks very doom blood like a mix between like Doom and Bloodborne but with some of the mechanics from Gears like with cover, etc.
0: Yeah, it looks it looks pretty wild. I would look up Evil West if you haven't so far. That was the biggest announcement I could see from there. No official release date except for this year. Um and it's going to be on everything. Um uh, looks like it's PC, Xbox, PS5. It definitely looks like you're going to need a modern console to run it, though. Uh, I can't see this running on PS4 or Xbox
1: One. I mean, I could, but um, stuff. We've gonna already be, seen what
0: happens and they did that with Cyberpunk. So
1: stuff's going to be turned down. <laughs> I mean, um,
0: but yeah, there's. But,
1: I mean, it looks
0: really good. I am sure, and I know there's a few things in there that's probably great that we did not find,
1: um, or that I'll be honest that we simply didn't mention because it's not really up our close, close to up our alley at all.
0: Yeah, it was a new Lego game, and I don't really like the Lego games all that
1: much, so it's kind of like,
2: Meh.
1: yeah. And there were there were a couple uh, a couple games that really kind of looked a little um,
0: well. It's like they had.
1: T- uh, like, dating sim. Uh, yeah, not my. Ish. And I'm just not, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like there's a re mention of Terra Nil, which I've been looking for that to release at some point, which is like a terraforming game where you bring life to a f- tile set, which is kind of neat. It's being uh, published by Devolver Digital, again, another <laughs> another good publisher. But, uh,. Terra Nail looks really really freaking cool, but it's still no release date. And I think, honestly, there are plenty of other things on here, but I think these are the ones that really caught our eyes. And with there being that many indies, I think that was the only way I could figure that we were going to cover this at all. Um, And had I been at the event, like it would have been cool to get a hands-on with some of this stuff. But I... I think I'd have been a little bit dis- disappointed with the announcements. Like it is cool yeah. that PAX does one thing for the industry that not a lot of people do and that's bring a lot big highlight to indie games, right? It's how I discovered Orcs Must Die a long time ago. But
1: um yeah. But not having any big publishers there at all just really a I mean you're you're talking about having half the size of the convention basically. So from normal um, with that, uh, I think we've pretty much, pretty much covered everything we're going to cover. So find us at tiltcast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash tiltcast. Our YouTube channels, youtube.com slash the real tiltcast. Search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe. Find some friends of the show. We've got Cabbage KBG.
0: We've got NoQuarters.net. We've got Picking Up the Pixels. We've got For the love of gaming, we've got bmfcast.com and tvgp.tv. They like JRPGs. And with that, it's the end of the show. Peace.